Welcome to the show, everybody. The Loftus Party Podcast. A big one today. I'll tell you this right now. The street artist Sabo is on the show. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and say he's a political guerrilla artist. There's a lot of work that is attributed to him. I'm sure if you go online, you can check it out. We get, we're going to have a link uh, at the on the Pimpit page of theloftusparty.com to his stuff. A lot of fun with Sabo. We got the we got the gypsy in full effect over there in 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 Liberty. Going very well, thank you. It is though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't mean to assume, yep. but like I got a I got a I got a very good vibe about things. We're gonna be talking about. Here's what I want to talk about. These are the these are the ones that I have selected for our political portion of the show. We got we got to talk about Mula. Mm, we got to talk about Mula, and we gotta dig into this whole. Baltimore debacle that is just hilarious and awesome and good and I can't get enough of. I really can't get enough of it. it the, whole, the whole spectacle of it is just fantastic. What would you like to discuss and then we'll jump in. I mean, I'm, we're, I'm giving, I'm keeping it balanced. Oh, and I gotta, we got to talk about New York too. New York. I went. I went to the big. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, I thought you meant something happened or de Blasio did something stupid, but that would just be another day that ends in a Y. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's on on your radar? Because you always have this, you do this like deep dive stuff. You're all about, you're you're about data. You know, (laughs) I've been so busy (laughs) with some other things that I haven't taken a deep dive into anything political in like two weeks. So that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been super, super busy um with shoring up some other things and getting some other things off the ground. So it, it's taken up a lot of my time, but I will be going to the Resurgent Festival um this coming weekend. So that's gonna oh, be here in Atlanta. Fun. The hmm? Resurgent Festival in Atlanta. Well, what not the festival, the Resurgent Conference. It's Eric's conference every year, but we're supposed to have some big mystery guest that involves the Secret Service. Gee, I wonder who that is. Ooh, um, I don't know. Mike Pence? It, he's already a- on the schedule. Really? Yeah. That's wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's, bi- that's big doings. That's I think I he's already on the schedule. I'd have to go look. I thought he was, though. But we've got a lot of, of cool senators coming and, and, you know, local politicians from here in the state of Georgia. And then uh, Facebook and, and Google, from what I understand, at least Facebook is coming to talk to us, which should be interesting as well. Are so. you kidding me? No. That's great. Yeah, no, they, came, they, they were at the conference last year, and I did not get a chance to go. Um, and I don't know who they're sending or anything like that, but uh, I, I do believe they will be part of a, a panel with a bunch of conservatives in the room. Oh, and the, the Democratic Socialists of America are having their conference in Atlanta on the same weekend, so this should be fun. I, you got to look into ticket prices. We gotta com- we gotta compare and contrast. How much? No, I just need to get a I just need to get a MAGA hat, and with a couple of my buddies in in the writing in the writing world, we're just gonna get some MAGA hats and go troll their conference. <clears throat> That's great. If you go to, I don't know what my buddy uh, my buddy Brian Hayner makes. He had these hats made, and I don't know where you can get them. We should see if he has a, a website. And it just it's a red hat. It looks just like a Trump hat, but it just says relax. It's it's just a red hat on it. <laughs> <laughs> I want one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I got to figure out how we can sell those. They're fantastic. Relax. It's just a red hat. Right. Okay. So it sounds like you are very busy. That's awesome. Busy's good. I know mm-hmm. we're, all, we're all spinning a lot of plates. Let's just do, uh, I'm sure people are sick of, uh, of hearing it, but let's, we got to spend some time reflecting upon the, the wonderful disaster that was the Mueller testimony. He didn't testify to anything, best I could tell. It was uh, it was bad. I, here's my takeaway, and this is maybe I, I have too much empathy. I literally felt bad for the guy. No, I, I, I didn't. Really did. I did not. Really? I did not. No, no, I'm sorry. Like, if they knew he was that impaired when they made this assignment, then we should have a serious problem with Rod Rosenstein and some other people, right? Yeah. Um, but... If he literally knew within a month of coming into that investigation that there was no Russian collusion, he just should have raised his hand, said there's no there there, just like Strzok and Page did in their texts, and the whole thing should have been over. Did it you was read- not. It was not. The, the, the 17 angry Democrats, led by Andrew Weissman, were just determined to find something, and it's just like I said months ago when Barr was appointed. I'm like, they're going to shut that thing down as soon as Barr is confirmed because none of these people want Barr looking into what they've done. But guess what? He's going to anyway, which I makes me so. very happy. <clears throat> did you did you read uh, my piece yesterday at theloftestparty.com? Because seriously, I, upon reflection and thinking about it, I, I actually wrote like a little think piece, which, you know, I'm going to oh. myself. I did. I did. But I actually like, went kayaking like, yesterday, so I did no reading. That's fantastic. <laughs> my, uh, well, you, can, you can go read it today. But, like, that was my thing, too. What did Mueller know and when? That's what I want to go. Here's what I want to know. And he wouldn't okay, so answer. Mueller, he yeah, wouldn't answer. That wanna, made me mad. I want Barr to look into that the timeline. So it doesn't look like – it looks like Mueller was kind of like the Queen of England. He was just kind of a figurehead, which I can yep. I can get it. Someone else was running that investigation. Andrew Who Weissman. Okay, so we're, we're all we're in agreement that we think Weissman was that was yeah. the capo on. You this. know what? You know why I think that, don't you? Because his name is on everything. I don't know why. Well, no, no, because the New York Times day after the Mueller testimony was naming some other guy whose name begins with a Z that nobody's ever heard of. It's like, yeah, nice try, guys. Nice try. So, so run and cover for the most prominent angry Democrats already. Yeah. 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 But 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 to your point, that's what that's what my article was about as well. When did Mueller know there was no collusion? Because if if the if it lines up in the way that I'm recollecting things, just with my you know I didn't do a boatload of research on it, but it seems like uh, if he knew a few weeks in or even a few months in, that's way before the midterms. That's way before the midterms. And so if you know that and you hold that information back, that's election meddling. Mm-hmm. By not by not declaring the truth, so that has me uh, that had me that that had my panties in a bunch yesterday. But I, I literally I felt bad for Mueller. I do. He was just like it's like he's being used. Unless it was all on. You act. know, you know, I did. You, you know, I, it just makes me think. You know, I've heard a couple commentators, and I can't remember exactly who. So forgive me. Say that the Democrats were warned that this guy wasn't going. He wasn't going to come off well. Yeah. And they pushed it and pushed it and pushed it and pushed it anyway. And, you know, you knew it was a disaster for them when Ted Lieu thought he got the answer he wanted. And then 
Mueller goes into the second one and is like, yeah, no, we have to clarify that because I, you know, we want to make sure you understand exactly what I meant. Da 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 da. So I mean, it, it just it couldn't have been any bigger a disaster. The man didn't know his own report when he couldn't figure out who Fusion GPS and Glenn Simpson were. That was that like was the watershed moment for me when I said, yeah, he was not in charge of this. Because you could go, <laughs> you could horrible. literally, you could literally horrible. walk up to five people in the grocery store and say, do you know who Fusion G- GPS is? And I would say three to four would say yes. Yeah. Yeah, it because was, even people who haven't followed it know that much. It was shocking. It was, sh- and then to know, <laughs> and to know that the Democrats like had a dress rehearsal for this. They like they <laughs> what? They a, yes, they had. They they hired. They had other Democrats sitting in. Like, okay, you'll be the Jim Jordan, and then they literally they they had a they had a rehearsal for this day. Just to make sure that everybody was set up and yada yada yada. Oh, I think I think I think the Republicans did a much better job. Clearly, they had divided and conquered ahead of time. They did not repeat questions. They all covered different ground. Um, yeah. You know, at my my favorite was uh, Rep. Radcliffe. So he he's my new. What yeah. was what was which what was Bradcliffe saying? His was the whole thing. Like, has, has, has there ever been a history <laughs> in the history of the Department of Justice? Has anybody oh. ever written an exoneration memo? Yes. Can you identify for me another case? And he kind of ended with that whole thing. Of course, no one in this country should be above the law to include President Trump, but he also should not be below the law. Yeah, that you're. Yeah, that's a, that's that was a good one. that was that fantastic. Was fantastic. Yeah. Jinx. Okay. So, uh, I just, I just, I, I, I loved it in a, like, you couldn't stop watching the train wreck of it all. I was actually, I was actually, I was literally in the Fox news building. I was there on Wednesday, uh, doing a, no, I was on, I did, uh, and I'm just going to toot my own horn here. I did an episode of cat Timp's show, uh, where she gives relationship advice I did Tom Shalouche game show. I had a couple meetings. Everything was wonderful. But like literally, I'm up on the 14th floor where I guess they have, obviously they have studios, but they had the Mueller report on. And I'm telling you what right now, Gimlet, they, the people at Fox News, they're watching Mueller testify and and they're just like, oh, oh, like everyone. It's like, oh, I feel bad for him. And you've got like political pundits. I'm sitting, I'm, I'm sitting waiting to go into makeup and I'm on the couch and we're in the green room and there's like political pundits that you see all the time, like hardcore people who lean to the right. And they're like, Ooh, they should, they should, they should make this stop. This is not good. (laughs) This is not good. Just, it was, it was wild. You would think Adam Schiff would have just called it. Like, yeah, no, we're not doing the afternoon. No. Well, he, no. had to, he had to try to get his uh, his whole soundbite thing, but yeah. oh my god, it was just—he is just insufferable. Oh my he god, he really is. He really is. He Ted, he and Ted Lou are just well, oh, the worst. A buddy of mine literally shot me a text the other day. He's like, "Hey, can you write me some jokes for Ted Lou? Because he's in Ted Lou's district, and he's a performer. <laughs> he's he's a, a comedian and guitar player, and he's going to do some real big." Anti Ted Lou stuff, and that's what this is a great shift to our next thing, because and I, I tweeted this out yesterday because that's the whole uh, Baltimore <clears throat> uh, 
John Lewis thing, the Twitter thing from Trump, and it's like, listen, there's there's plenty of Democrat-run cities. Like, let's talk about uh, Los Angeles for a while too. With oh, you know, he did. No, he talked about San Francisco this morning. I'm sure L.A. is coming. It's just this whole you're a racist, you're a racist, and it's like, hey, man, if if we can't if we can't all agree that Baltimore is a trash pile. We got a problem. Like I love, I love this whole "We are Baltimore" and Baltimore strong. And it's like you can go back and look at the headlines from Baltimore newspapers where Baltimore's like, Dude, "We got a crime I, problem. We got a rat problem." What was it? <laughs> it's horrible. They made a show about how awful Baltimore was was back in the back in the nineties. Oh my Idea, god! Homicide. That's what it was called. <laughs> Oh, homicide, and then and then the wasn't the wire set in Baltimore too? Uh, I don't know because I didn't watch the that one. I didn't watch that one, but I mean, I Randy I mean, Newman, Randy Newman, who wrote the song "Short People" and he wrote the song "I Love L.A." He <laughs> wrote a song rag. He he wrote a song ragging on Baltimore in 1979. It's like, listen, uh, uh, Baltimore is, is no, not the, no, this, this no. paradise. No, no, you're not no. you're not a racist if you call Baltimore no, garbage. No, no. Now they're trying to so <laughs> You know whose father was mayor of Baltimore, don't you? Who? Nancy Pelosi's. That's where oh, she I was bet. born. So now they're trying to claim Nancy Pelosi and Trump comes out this morning, he's like, Wow, she's been around two complete crap holes. <laughs> It's they're like <laughs> it's like what kind of curse is attached to you? I, and I you can look it up and you can look up like her old man, like mm-hmm. her old man and it, his his ties to organized crime and and, yeah. and stuff like that. But it's just it's just so funny. I, I I did I made the mistake this morning of watching a little bit of uh, Fox News Sunday and uh, they got Mick Mulvaney on there and. Chris Wallace is going at him for Trump did this thing. And isn't that kind of racist? And it's like, it's no, like, I swear to watch these politicians dance around this and, and like, just to not go dude, you've been to Baltimore, right? You've been like, you've been to Baltimore and you know, San Francisco has an app on it. So you can find the piles of crap. Now, this is not a race problem. This is a liberal run urban area problem. You know what all of these cities need in all honesty, Republican mayors. No, they don't need just any Republican mayor. They need a carbon copy of Rudy Giuliani who can sit there and be insulted every day, called a racist every day, called just the worst names in the book and completely clean up a place so that it becomes a wonderful city again. I mean, when I was a kid, you didn't go to New York City to like hang out. You'd go see some landmarks and then you'd run back to your hotel. By the time I went there in the early 2000s, it was clean. It was fun. You could be in Times Square and you didn't have to hold your purse against your chest. You know? I am not kidding you. I went to New York to do stand-up in, like, the late 90s. And it was that that whole thing. Like, get home before sundown because that's when the chuds come out. Yeah. Like the Simpsons episode. Then I went back. In the early 2000s, it was like being in a 50s musical. It was night yeah. and day. Yep. They, they called him 
They called him a Nazi. They called him Hitler. Mm-hmm. But you could literally, you could, you could go to the park after sundown. You could yes, walk you could. around without fear of uh, being shot like Bruce and Martha Wayne coming out of the but theater. I mean, that's the only way that you clean out the corrupt and corrosive administration and agencies that are in these large cities in one fell swoop. You completely change the party at the mayor's office and all those people go away. I did I'm sure you saw the the video. Well, first of all, I want to say two things. First of all, I was literally just being in New York uh, last Tuesday night, the, the bigger part of Wednesday, and I got so lucky with the weather. It had literally, it had just rained when I mm-hmm. when I arrived at, at JFK, and the the clouds were just blowing away. It was a beautiful sunset. It was like seventy degrees. It was one of those magical, wonderful nights. Uh, the hotel that I was staying at, just in a beautiful section of the city, and it was just like ah, that's like when you really, really fall. Uh, in in love with New York. Unfortunately, I think it was the same day, or it was either the day after that that video came out of those kids uh, dousing the cops in buckets of water. That infuriated me. I couldn't believe yeah, they how actually that made did. me so mad. Well, they didn't just dump water on them; they threw the bucket at one of them at the head of one of them and everything else and i yeah, guess I there was so much backlash over that and uh dan bongino actually talked about it on his show um because he was a new york city cop and he was there from the transition of dinkins and his administration to giuliani and bratton and was yeah, talking yeah. about the difference between law and order means he's a broken windows policing works because the guy smoking a joint on the corner is the guy that's going to rob the, the store in a little while. You know? It's yeah. the same group of people that are doing all the bad stuff. And you catch them when you're, they're doing the little stuff, things get a lot better. You know? So he was trying to explain it. But he was just furious because it looks like they're right back to the don't, don't arrest people for, you know, peeing on the sidewalk. You know, wait till they do something serious. I mean, that's just the yeah, dumbest thing ever. That that is not a slippery slope. That is a slip and slide slope. Exactly. It, go, it goes down so fast. I just uh, wow. De Blasio is just a disaster. Bucket, he is. He is. Like I don't know when he's up again, uh, or I know he's he's running for president. <laughs> man, they gotta get rid of that dude. They just gotta get rid of that dude. Well, the only way they get rid of that dude. Right? Is if a Democrat primaries him. I don't see New York City voting for a Republican. Uh, I really don't. It just makes you wonder, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave you guys with this before we go into uh, my, my interview with Sabo. It, it, it's gonna, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure this out. Like, how long, like, Detroit, Baltimore, San Francisco... These these great cities, they are great cities. It's prime real. I got I got good friends in Detroit. Like when will the? How bad does it have to get? L.A.'s getting bad. They just move. L.A.'s getting bad. And and, well, how? But it's one thing, you know, to move and and give up. However, you know, I'm kind of locked into the entertainment industry here. But like your average citizen, like what do they need to see? 
to get them to change their mind about like, you know what, maybe these policies aren't working. Maybe it isn't working out. I, I just, it's just, it's just a, uh, a amusing, like a philosophical, like how, how bad does it, does it have to get? The plague has popped up in L.A. Legit. and it hasn't changed people's Legit. minds. So I don't know what it's going to take. My buddy from uh, my buddy uh, Flecka from uh, Flecka's Talks. I'm sure mm -hmm. you've seen his stuff. He's, he's a he's a bigger guy, beard. He does like man on the street interviews. That dude used to live uh, down on Skid Row, and he did it. You know, for, he would take a lot of videos, and he's like right there at the the ground zero for you know, how bad it was getting. He just, he's pulling the ripcord. He's getting out, he's getting out of downtown LA. I think he's going to move to like Pasadena or something. Cause it's like, literally, is it worth it to make, to make, you're making, he's making awesome videos. He's getting great videos, getting a mm -hmm. lot of clicks, but like, do you legit want the plague? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like the plague. It's getting medieval under well, some I mean, policy. The, the people with money leave because of the tax the tax rate they end up in places like tennessee and florida that have no state tax right yep. and then they screw those up like they don't even understand why they're leaving well all of my friends it's just like come on i got a couple of uh friends that are doing okay and they they pulled up stakes from la and they landed in tennessee they're never gonna they, they're hardcore conservatives they are hardcore conservatives. Thank you, thank you. All of those can come, 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 come. All the yeah. conservatives can can leave California. You come to Florida. You come to North Georgia. You can come to Tennessee. We would love to have you. The loony libs that voted for all this and can't figure out why it was wrong, you just stay right where you are and enjoy it. You made <laughs> enjoy your bed. it. Now you get to lie in it. Okay, one of the people who is not giving up on Los Angeles anytime soon is uh, the street artist, a wonderful dude, a talented dude, goes by the name of Sabo. Uh, make sure you check out his website, unsavoryagents.com. He is joining us next on the podcast. Here he is, me and Sabo. I am very pleased to welcome our next guest. It's not too often that you get to have a political guerrilla artist on the show. We were hanging out a couple weeks ago watching the Democratic debate. Uh, I dig this dude. I did dig his work. Please welcome to the show. Street, uh, we're going to say political guerrilla artist, Sabo. How's it going, man? Great, man. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So first of all, let's just say this. Welcome to the show. How's your day going? How, how are you doing? <laughs> Oh, it's great, man. It's a beautiful Sunday. It's like, I, I remember a day every Sunday. Every, every day was like this in California. Now we're just lucky to get days like this. Dude, so, it, it, has been, it has been weird this year. Now, you, you recently, I'm going to, I don't know if I, if I should credit this to you. Someone, someone went up to the uh, a billboard for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, they changed the faces. They changed uh, the title of Hollywood to like uh, Pedo Wood. Would you have any knowledge of that? You know, I don't. But all I know is I hope Sony sues the hell out of that person because that person needs to become famous. <laughs> that is true. Now, um, you have done some stuff in the past. You, you, uh, you have a, a bit of a reputation. And I, I dig the artistic side of it all. That's, that's, that's my whole thing. When, when I first started doing this thing, uh, the Loftus Party, of which that's the that's the title of the show you're on, by the way. Just so just so you know, uh, 
I want to. I like people who create stuff, and you are a creator. It's so easy to destroy. You actually make stuff. When did you like jump into the art world uh, big time? When did you? When did it? When did it turn for you? And, and you just said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. Uh, that's a complicated question, man. I mean, I've I loved art, I loved politics for the long time, longest time. Um, uh, let's see, uh, mid '90s, I was doing stuff. It, I didn't really start doing like political art until like 2005. No, I've done political art even before then, like in the 2000s, 1999. But I really started when I thought Hillary was going to be president for the first time, and then out of nowhere. Obama like jumped in and ganked it from her and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it was like I was like I had done so much Hillary stuff and then out of nowhere Obama showed up and the funny thing was it's like when I would put Hillary stuff up it would get torn down really fast but then when Obama showed up on the scene they left the Hillary stuff up and they would tear down whatever Obama stuff I put up so I could tell on the street who they wanted to be president and That's you awesome. know yeah, and you know, the funny thing is, it's like, I used to go to rallies all the time. I love a good rally. And there was anti-war rallies when Bush was in office every other week. And the moment Obama was in office, the rallies just kind of stopped. The wars didn't stop. but And that's when I knew they weren't anti-war rallies. They were anti-Bush rallies. Yeah, well, that seems to be what's going on now with, with everything Trump does. You know, they, they wrap it up. It's all wrapped up. And, oh, we're just being pro-woman. We're being... Pro, but it's all just an anti-Trump thing. That's all it is. Oh yeah, I mean, they didn't mind women getting raped when it was a Democrat doing it, like a uh, Clinton. But but then <laughs> right. all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, someone sent me the, a message the other day. Said, "Look how many mass shootings during the Trump administration." It's like, yeah, and all of them were Democrats. <laughs> it's it's very it's it's crazy how things uh switch once the once the political office you know changes once there's a republican in charge it's it's funny how everybody's uh, stuff switches over now i i got i want to really try to want to try to stay on the whole art thing so in the in the 90s when you're doing the the hillary stuff and the obama stuff did, did you have like one piece that you just like really loved or really thought like wow this is i'm on to something here uh, one that really resonated with people not really. It, it, it's like, um, uh, you know, when I'm not looking at my portfolio, it's really easy for me to forget the things that I've done. It's, it's not until I have a book in front of me, I'm like, damn, that was really good. You know, that was a good hit. I mean, when I, when I was younger and I was working with code and building websites, I was doing some pretty amazing things, but it was for the porn industry. And uh, yeah. so, so, I mean, it's like in, in terms of political stuff, uh, in my opinion... If, I, if I'm not going to like it, what's the point in doing it? So it's like right. there's, there's very few things that I've done that I don't like. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, because, because as, a, as an art, a graphic artist, I know if I get into the swing of things, uh, I, can get into politi- I can get into graphic masturbation. I can just bang stuff out. And, and it's like I don't want to go in that mode. Uh, this year, I'd rather do quality stuff than quantity. Yeah, so that you know, that's why I really I've been focusing on a documentary and a book somewhat and an art show in Vegas, which kind of blew. But um, but whatever, live and learn. Hey man, it's it's just funny. Like um, I do a lot of writing, uh, and unfortunately, it's 
a lot of it is you know for studio network yada yada and like i'll write you know a, a sitcom and then i'll and i'll go back and i'll rewrite it and i'll rework it and then i look at it and i go okay that's perfect that's perfect that's perfect and then somebody goes oh no you got to cut something for time you got to lose two pages for time and you think i can't there's nothing it's perfect and then when you walk away from it for like six months and then come back you're like oh yeah this these these two pages are garbage <laughs> i could lose those you know but like is there anything that like a, a piece that you did that you look at, and I know, you you know, so I'm asking for like a photographic memory here, but you look back and you go, oh, man, I wish I would have done that different or. Uh. Uh, relationships. Uh, I, I, you know, um, I would say relationships with people. The fact of the matter is more times than not, they're pissed off at me for problems of their own uh, in terms of art. Um, I really can't think of something, but I know that there is some. Okay, timing. I, I did a Molly Cyrus thing the other week, and unfortunately, I spread it out into do two different hits. Yeah. Uh, had timing not been what it was, it would have condensed into one hit, and it would have been an awesome hit. But, uh, you know, reporters, they only like to report on something once. And, right. uh, I, yeah, and if you try and do it twice, you know, you're not going to get quite it. So it has very little to do with the art. It has more to do with the timing. So, uh, you know, uh, whatever. And not to mention it was so hard edge. It was so hard hitting that very few people actually wanted to cover it. This is the, uh, the Miley Cyrus. Originally, I think she was licking a cake. And then you, you, uh, you switched out the cake with, uh, with a fetus, yeah? Yeah. That was that was. That was hardcore, man. That was hardcore. That was a, that's great. It's like a picture's worth a thousand words. There's a reason they say that. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, the Hollywood Reporter was shitting themselves. Uh, they, they were supposed to. They assured me they were going to run with the story, but the morning it was supposed to go up, from what I hear, the main person gave it the thumbs up, but one of the their sub people said no. So obviously, whoever's running the Hollywood Reporter isn't. Uh, their sub people are doing it. Maybe they had like a janitor say, "Oh no, we can't do it." And the head editor said, oh, the, the janitor said no. So, so they didn't run with it. Yeah, that, it, that's, that sucks, man. That, I, wanna, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up uh, my introduction to your work. I was at Politicon years ago, and they had a bunch of your stuff on, on display. And the, the, the Ted Cruz covered in tats, that's another one, dude, that's just iconic and fantastic that and that's that's one for the ages has ted thanked you for that has ted reached out to say thank you for making that super awesome piece well the last thing i heard he said i owe him money uh, what <laughs> that's the last thing i heard but it's like uh no i i met him and i told people no photographs because i didn't want any photographs with me and ted i, I didn't want to like soil him in that way <laughs> but, uh, but, you, you know, the, the, thing about, the thing about that poster is I have one right behind me, and it's the first one that was printed. He signed it. I signed it. But uh, I had that huge one from Politicon, and I'd since plastered an image of Trump flipping everyone off in, in front of it because I kind of felt that that piece was dated. Yeah. And uh, no, one, no one remembers second best. They only remember the winner. So uh, I kind of updated that piece, that actual and you know what? I got to hand it to Politicon. I think Cenk Uger, that 
fat buffalo from the Young Turks. Yeah. Uh, they run Politicon. I can say as much as I hate Chank and the Young Turks, they had the balls to have my stuff up when a lot of people on the right simply would not. Even the libertarians. I just had a show at Freedom Fest, and they're like, oh, my God, you can't bring this. Oh, my God, you can't bring that. So I didn't even tell them what the hell I was going to bring. I just brought everything and set it up, and I let them shit themselves from that. You know. So I'm like, all I can say is I didn't have to go through that with the Young Turks or Chank and Politicon. So... It, it really bothers me because I, I would think at the very least the libertarians would be cool about it. Yeah. But oh, leave it to the leftists. It's It just – it really bothers me, man. I was at this uh, – I, I was never like a big like Friends of Abe person. I did get into invited invited to a, a big event they did years ago. It was all about freedom of speech. And this is like, this is like four or five years ago, and some older dude gets up. And he starts telling like an old school joke, like an old school joke. You know, a lady and her husband go to the doctor. The guy's, you know, and it's, it's something about the size of his dick or whatever. And the audience is just like, huh? You know, they they gasp. And he's like, hey, this is where this is about freedom of speech. This is where you're allowed to laugh at that stuff. I can't believe that, like the Freedom Fest people. I just hate to hear that the people on the right are putting the clamp down on what you can and cannot bring to a show. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it, it's just sad. I, I mean, the whole friends of Abe thing. Yeah. It's like I always have someone higher up in friend of Abe's. They'd contact me and they're like, "Hey, I'm one of the high ups. So I can get you in, no problem at all." But then they always have to ask something of me, and I'm yeah. like, "No." And then when I say no, all of a sudden the invitations d declined. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck you and fuck friends of Abe. <laughs> it's like, why, uh, why don't you just let me? And not to mention, why do I have to roll up in there, see a bunch of ninety-year-olds who filmed movies back in the seventies, and all of it, and and you know they they have to have tight asses. It's like, why don't you loosen up? And and why isn't anyone here that's under sixty? Uh, so yeah, so you and know, how many, uh, how many times have you? Have you met like someone who invites you to Friends of Abe and they claim to be one of the original people? <laughs> it's like everyone I meet. Oh, yeah, it was me and Gary yeah, Sinise and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, man. I love some of those people. that They're good people, but it's like, for God's sakes, man. I mean, we had a fight with, with the Trump and the Cruz people. Did it really have to turn into the Civil War that it was? I, I mean, uh, I, and, and fact of the matter is I supported Cruz like to the bitter end but i'm i'm man enough to say that i was wrong it's like had cruz been nominated uh he would not have gone in the dirt with hillary which means he would have lost and yeah. uh and at the end of the day you, uh, you know in in hindsight i i look at it and i'm like you know what cruz was nothing more than just another neocon globalist and it would have been business as usual and uh i'd like to think that it's going to change, but growing a beard doesn't change a person's outlook or political. And, and the more politicians that I meet, the fewer I want to know. They're like rock stars. The more rock stars I meet, the fewer I want to know. <laughs> that is a great quote. Okay, so uh, shifting gears a little bit. We were watching the, the Democratic debate. Well, we were trying to. We were watching. We were doing a lot of talking. And uh, there was some booze flowing, all good. Who on the left uh, and the president, who's, 
who do you kind of hope is the front runner? Because you're like, oh man, I can tee off. I will make some awesome, awesome uh, pieces of art about this person. Who do you like on the left to make fun of? I I don't like any of them. I I, I seriously don't. I mean, you ask me that question, and you would think, wow. I mean, they're. I don't have to make fun of them. They make fun of themselves. Uh, it's it. it uh, I don't even know how to put. I mean, the thing is, it's not them that we have to worry about. It's the loony left voter we have to worry about because they will vote for a a, a monkey uh, in order to beat Trump. It doesn't matter to them. But I hold out hope that there are enough liberals, not leftists, but liberals out there that will realize uh, our side has lost their mind. And with that divide, we might actually win. But uh, uh, we're, yeah. at a certain point, yeah, we're at a certain point right now. I have no idea. I, I, there's no one that I, that I think is worth a damn. The only way they could possibly win is because people just hate Trump. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's... I think what they're all going to unite behind, but like, uh, when, when you have an idea for a, for a piece of art, does it just like come in an instant or are you, or do you toy around with, you know what, if it's Biden, I could do a thing like this. Or if it's, if it's Elizabeth Warren, I got some ideas for some ways to make fun of her and have some fun. Yeah. I mean, if I really had to, I can't wait till one of them actually gets the nomination because I've known for a long time, Biden's an idiot. And and, uh, and I, I'm not even trying to be mean. Right. I, I truly believe he's an idiot. And uh, the fact that he's not only become a senator, but the vice president, the vice president, yeah. is frightening, just completely frightening. And uh, and so I, I mean, the guy can't keep his foot out of his mouth. But um, it, it's kind of like uh, I've heard Democrats say, I'll, I'll take a dictator so long as he's my dictator. And they've proven they'll take a rapist so long as it's their rapist. So, I mean, they'll take a, an idiot so long as it's their idiot. So, I mean, uh, Kamala Harris, all those people. I mean, the, the woman's a ghetto rat. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Buttigieg. He's yeah. a kid. He's a kid. Okay, so, so you take it in the ass. Uh, so what? You should run a country. Uh, 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 l- l- let me see what else. Uh, you go down the list. Warren. Warren's has done everything to get to where she's at, like making like she's not white. And yeah. uh, <laughs> personally, I think uh, Bernie. Uh, Bernie got a lakeside house the last time. I think he's shooting for a beach home this time. It just it cracks me up that his people just went on strike trying to get fifteen dollars an hour, and he had to let a bunch of them go. It's like it, just a wonderful representation of how those policies don't work in real time. In real time. Well, but, I mean that's you know that's reality, man. There's a difference between having a real opinion on life and actually having to live it. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what we, we on the on this show uh, a couple weeks ago. I was saying that socialism is the fire festival of politics, right? It like it it sounds great on paper. It the brochure looks awesome, but when you when you start living it, all of a sudden you're eating out a garbage can, thinking, "How did my tent get wet?" This whole music festival sucks. You, you know, every ism is great on paper. Every ism, but but then when you introduce humanity. They all go to hell. Yup. One of the isms happens to work a little better than the rest. 
Dig it. Dig it. All right, man. So, hey, uh, where can people where can people see your uh, work? Well, I have a website called unsavoryagents.com. And I have to rely on it because all you know, social networking is just totally shit to bed. And uh, yeah. so I'm really going to be focusing on unsavoryagents.com, my website. And trust me, they'll try to take that down. But, uh, you know, uh, I am a 100% 24-7 artist. So visiting the site, you know, buying shirts, stickers, that's really what keeps food on the table. So I'd appreciate yeah. it if you went there. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to go check out unsavoryagents.com. And we will put a, a link on the loftestparty.com at the, the Pimp It page. We got, a, we got a page on the website, uh, Pimp It, that, you know, we just try to support cool people and people who are doing interesting and, and good stuff. So, dude, thank you so much uh, for hanging with us a little bit. I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. And uh, keep fighting the good fight, man. Keep fighting the good fight. And everybody needs to go check out unsavoryagents.com. Get a T-shirt. Get a sticker. Get, get all of it. Get one of everything. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for having me. Hey, take care, brother. I'll see you later. A huge thank you to Sabo for joining us. And... Uh, <laughs> And keeping it somewhat radio friendly, I, I like hanging out with that dude. Uh, for for two nights a couple weeks ago, we we did this thing where we were doing live coverage of the Democratic uh, debates, and and he does not mince words, and it was just hilarious to see him just like dropping f bombs and talking just like like people talk, and, and watching some of the jaws drop along. Among the the bridge and tunnel crowd that we were right. watching the debates with, it was great. It was great. I like the dude. I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely going to find something over there at unsavoryagents.com. Yeah. Well, I, I think he needs a biographer, right? Somebody he can trust that maybe doesn't live in California, so can't be questioned by the LAPD. Because um, I really want to know yeah. what stuff is his, and somebody should like record that now so they can write a, a post sabo memoir about it it's it's too funny uh my buddy uh oleg and hopefully mm -hmm. oleg uh, still listens to the show oleg is the guy who did the uh the tiger breathing fire with the wings on it and yeah uh, and oleg is is he does a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. and what i think it is i think there's like a small community of these dudes uh and and wow! I'm, now I'm second guessing naming Oleg. Maybe I, <laughs> uh, from what Oleg tells me, from what Oleg tells me, third hand knowledge. There's like a, a there. There's more than there. There's more. There's more than just uh, a. There's more than one person. Uh, and but Sabo gets blamed for everything. He, right. Right. He does. He. Does. He but does. like he totally owns the he he totally owns the Ted Cruz one, which is just iconic and awesome. Even I have that T-shirt, right? Um, yeah. And I just don't buy that kind of stuff as a general rule. But um, you know, like he like remember when uh, Google first fired James Damore? No, the guy who said men and women are different wrote that big long memo and oh, oh yeah 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 yeah. I yeah. mean nothing in it was racist, nothing in it was sexist. It literally cited scientific research and they fired him. Somebody did something with advertisements for Google and Apple where they were like trashing on Google for firing James Damore and making Apple look like you know this 
way better, you know, company for ideas and diversity of opinion, which of course it's not, but he got blamed for that. And I'm like, really? He went all up to the Bay Area to do that? Like, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, no doubt. It's just, I'm just glad that like someone is, I'm glad, and I'm glad there's a, a community of like people who have like artistic talent and and are doing cool stuff well climb a billboard well yeah and and like it's uh you know i i worked with a guy uh who has an art gallery here in la and he he legit like knows banksy and and you know banksy does the same kind of thing and it's Mm -hmm. just i think it's uh i think it's cool and i especially and it's like i was saying in the interview the the ted cruz piece that's probably like his most famous i would have to say yeah of of Sabo's, but his answer just, was, was just... great too. <laughs> Ted Cruz says, yeah, "I owe him money." <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. classic. That's classic. Okay, so a lot to, uh, to talk about on the uh, entertainment side of things. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna first of all, uh, just this is just a fun thing that I noticed last night. I went to my storage unit. I have a storage unit here in L.A. Uh, all my a bunch of my Blu-rays and my DVDs and yada yada. So I'm going through those with with the kids last night, and I ran across a really good movie that I hadn't seen in a million years since it came out called Super Eight. Do you remember Super Eight? Don't think I've seen it. It is the original Stranger Things. Oh, it's, really? Yeah, yeah. This movie it came and went in the in the. Uh, it's uh, Steven Spielberg produced it. J.J. Abrams directed it. Okay. And it's about this group of kids in a small town in Ohio. They they're 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 making a, a movie, you know, as as kids would do back then with a Super 8 camera, and they accidentally stumble across uh, a, a train wreck, and then there's mer- there's mysterious stuff, and there's uh, psychic powers and blah, blah, blah. But I'm watching this thing and I had, I, I watched it when it came out on, on DVD and I'm like, wow, this is great. Cause it, it like, th- it's a throwback to that. The, the great slice of life stuff that Spielberg would do, you know, with, with ET and poltergeist, just that reflection of like, you know, middle-class America. <clears throat> so it's a great movie, but it's like a group of kids running around solving a mystery in a small town. And I'm like, wow, like I never made that connection. Like I, I legitimately think the 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 guys who did uh, Stranger Things watched Super Eight and were just like, yeah, we can totally do this. This would be a, a great. <laughs> but you, if you haven't seen Super Eight, you you should definitely check it out. It's a okay. really good movie. It's a really good movie. So I just wanted to pat myself on the back uh, for making that connection, for making that wonderful connection. The other thing that's going on, people are in a bit of an uproar. There's a bit of an uproar coming out of Comic Con. Uh, because uh, they got uh, Natalie Portman is returning to the Thor franchise, and they they literally gave her a hammer at Comic Con, and she's going to be a character. I think it's called She Thor, which is right out of the comic books. Uh, the, you can't complain that it's it's a new thing or it's another thing. And here's the reason: I'm all for it. I'm all for it, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I don't you think you told this is- us why last week. Well, in in giving some thought to it. Oh, Natalie okay. Portman. It's not just Natalie, Natalie Portman in a in a breastplate. That's not oh, all. That's, of a, it. that's a big one. That's a big <laughs> one. That's, that's always going to be number one. But I think that she's such. She's done so much work, and she knows how 
movies work, you're not going to get a Captain Marvel with her. I don't think she'll let it happen because it she'll know that that makes her character less interesting. I think uh-huh. there will be a challenge, and and that's the, that's the thing with uh with, with Captain Marvel is it, it was just static, and part of that I do blame on the actress for just letting them. You know, she never brought it to anyone's attention. Like, hey, you guys realize my character isn't afraid of anything. So I think, I think, well, that's... And I mean, but I mean, she she's totally into that. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, she Brie Larson had absolutely no problem with the way that character came out. None whatsoever. She was mm-hmm. way into it. So yeah, sure, you get Natalie Portman in in the breastplate and the armor, God willing. But I think she'll also. In wanting to protect herself and uh-huh. her artistic integrity, she'll also get her, hopefully, her fingers on the script. Okay, next up, and I and I wrote a think piece. This is my I'm I'm digging the the little think pieces that I'm doing for the loftusparty.com. Uh-huh. Once upon a time in America, once upon a time in America debuted over the weekend. I think it's doing great. At the box office. I have not seen it. There will be no spoilers. This is just me and my little uh, Hollywood hypothesis. And, and I'll give you, it's pretty much this, the synopsis of, of what I wrote at the website. It's like I'm, the movie for me is already like tinged. Like I was, when, when I saw the, the, the first trailer and you got, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is the Hollywood, the, you know, the aging Hollywood movie star back in 1969. Brad Pitt is his stunt double. I'm like, I'm all in. I'm all in. And then they show this confrontation with Bruce Lee, which is just hilarious. Just a hilarious bit in the trailer. I am all in. They show uh, Hollywood in the late 60s. It looks gorgeous. Quentin Tarantino and his crew did an amazing job. The, the set decoration is its insane. And then another trailer comes out, uh, and you got Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate. And now I'm like, oh, man, because now we're going to go into Sharon Tate, Charles Manson land, and I just don't want to go there. I'm done with that. So it's like I'm already bummed out about the movie, and, and I don't want to prejudge, but I'm just telling you, like, I'm I'm. I'm done with talking about Charles Manson. I don't I don't want to waste another second of my life on this dude. And and what pe- the the people still have some kind of crazy fascination with and now here's the other thing. Here's and I'll say this too. Uh is that maybe it, it, with like uh Inglorious Bastards uh, Tarantino will rewrite history, and hopefully, I'm hoping. I got my fingers crossed that Brad Pitt will kill Charles Manson before Manson yeah. kills the Tates. But yeah, it's like- I, I think that's a Hollywood fascination because of where it happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I mean not, it because it, I mean Salt Lake City, like Hillside Strangler. Well, you do in the cities that they were active in. Salt Lake City is obsessed with Ted Bundy. Well, yeah, Ted Bundy is another one, but there's like, here's a deal. There is like a, a bit of a, a titillation to that. You know, Ted Bundy, the handsome man, roams all around. And like with uh, Charles Manson, you know, he's at the Spawn Ranch and there's all the girls and the sex and the blah, blah, blah. But I just don't, like, I'm, I'm one of these people now and I'm, I'm not all for like dictatorships or whatever. But like, I, I really like it that they're not publishing the names of the killers 
as much anymore. Like, well, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to remember the killers. I want to. I want to talk about the victims and figuring out a way to 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 get guns in to stop the guy, the bad guys with the guns. Well, I, you know, certainly in our in our mass shootings, they're doing that. But I mean, I think there's still like an unreal fascination with serial killers because they're just like the whole FBI investigations and like when they first started looking into that pattern of crime i mean there's just so much crazy psychology to all that it's it's what every you know almost every crime drama is based on to some extent well yeah and, and I, i'll admit it you know i have a weird like uh as a kid i, I always liked you know sherlock holmes and i, I always want to think okay there's evidence that left that somebody overlooked and you can find the real killer and blah 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 i can see the fascination with like the zodiac killer because they never say, I... what yeah yeah no they never found him right right and he had there was that weird code and all the clues so that i can kind of you know it's it's like jack the ripper who, who really was it all that stuff but when hey like, uh, Charles Manson was just a, a, a in and out of, you know, uh, prison his entire life, mm-hmm. a failed musician, tried to ride the Beach Boys coattails, and then they found out that he was a, a wackadoodle, so they kicked him out of, I think it was Dennis Wilson's house. So there's not a, there's not a whole lot of, like, uh, mystery there. There's not a lot of mystery. I, I just... I don't know. It just bums me out, man. I, I wish Tarantino. And uh, I can't tell him how to make movies, obviously, but it's like, ah, uh, it's like it's such a great period to to make a movie about. Oh, the Hollywood and blah blah blah. And you got something great, and then I just feel like, eh, it's just like the turd in the punch bowl to like, oh, and like, oh, here's Charles Manson, and like, what are we gonna do? What are you? What are you ooh, that's. It's not brave. It's not interesting. It's just a downer. It's just, a, and I don't want to pretend like it didn't exist. But I'm like, oh, can we please not shine. Not another one. On. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so insanely boring. Insanely. Yeah, but I mean, I, that one just bores me. I guess. But like, I, I mean, I was a huge fan of that show, Criminal Minds. Uh. Oh yeah. I mean, but that's all about these crazy, like, lunatics and everything else. It did end up getting a little too strange for me, and I did stop watching it. But, I mean, I watched it for years. <laughs> There's, uh, I think, all of that stuff, and, and it's, it's too funny, but, like, uh, me and my, my buddy, uh, Sam Simon, I always drop his name, uh, Sam, very funny dude, and we had this theory. It was really his theory. I agreed with it. But, like, in a post-9-11 world... It's like there's something like, and that's when like Law and Order really, really just became a a force of nature on TV. Mm -hmm. And and big fan of that too. (laughs) Yeah, and the and the the CSI show. Mm -hmm. I think there's something kind of comforting, uh, you know, that like in in a in an hour long drama. Okay, here's the crime. Then when we call the police, and the police come and they collect the evidence. Then you find the person that did it. Then they go to jail. So there's there's balance to the force. There's closure. Closure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think people, you know, kind of want that. They're they're definitely doing their best in in Hollywood to uh, to kill comedies. I'm getting it's very it's getting very depressing. I was actually uh, I had my fingers crossed for that movie uh, Stuber, mm-hmm. even. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I like I like Dave Bautista. He's the guy. You know, he's the he's the big green dude in Guardians of the Galaxy. And Dave Bautista, 
I, I just think he's funny. He's got a mm-hmm. great sensibility. But man, that movie came and went at the box office. And I guess was just had a bunch of that the whole social justice, political subverse. You know, hey, we're we're undercutting the blah blah blah. Just aren't I you was, finding was like legit most movies come and go anymore unless they're a DC, a Marvel, a known franchise, or a kids movie? Well. This like is, I mean, what was what was the last great movie with a great story that you were like, oh, I can't wait to go see this? Well, it wasn't attached to a franchise. Well, there you go. That you say it, that wasn't attached to a franchise. That's a hard one. Like the the last movie yeah. that really surprised me. That really surprised me, and I found myself just delighted in, and had to go back again and see it right away. I have to say, it was Guardians of the Galaxy. That yep. was just. Like, uh, I want a good Coen Brothers movie. I want an Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I want a Fargo. I want a Something About Mary. Come on, guys. Well, you need you need to get back onto to Netflix and just see the, the Coen Brothers. They did, it's a series of shorts about the Old West, and that was yeah. just fantastic. Well, yeah, was just did you see Netflix's, Netflix's, Netflix's subscribers in the U.S. went down for the first time? Yeah. It's, it won't you, go broke. It that is the reality. That mm-hmm. is re- reality, and that's like, you know, we were talking about like how how much must will the people endure in these cities before they change? Okay, let's go with a different kind of leadership, and how long will the studios keep going with this? Uh, we're oh, we've got our first lesbian character leading a da-da. That's like we no one cares, no one cares, no one cares. Just give us a good story. And with Netflix, Netflix, Amazon, all of them, if you're not going to present both sides of an issue, and once people realize, oh, it's a propaganda machine, and I'm getting ripped off, they'll leave. They'll leave. Mm-hmm. Like I can't Obama leave. His- I can't leave because they're attached to my phone provider, so it comes with my phone service, but I do not ever open the app. Well, it's... Like, uh, you give Obama and Michelle a contract, you give... Now, Hillary and, and friggin' Chelsea have a production company, and and who else? Oh, they run the they run the stupid documentary on Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez's wonderful campaign or whatever, where she made those completely garbage pictures down at the border when it was actually overlooking a parking lot i mean like the mystique is gone but once you just decide like apparently we still have 49 or so productions going on here in georgia i'm not sure if they're tied to netflix or what but when you just come out and say because we don't agree with you on a social issue you don't want to do business here anymore i don't need to click on your app and i'm really at that point i'm not about Asking other people to do it. I'm not about screaming for boycotts. I, I'm not a leftist. But I have a choice about where I can spend my time and where I can spend my money. And I'm going to stop spending it with CEOs and companies who hate me. It's really that simple. It is. It <laughs> yeah. is. And when, you, and when you scroll through, and this is just another little shout out for my, uh, the, the good people at PlayStation. I go, I go on my PlayStation 4 and I open up the, the TV app. It's right there. And it just... On one screen, it's like Amazon. Amazon has all this. Netflix has this, and Hulu's showing this. I almost always go to Amazon because mm-hmm. it has more stuff that I want. It's really that. Well, and I mean, like what you said, Jeff Be- Bezos is as far left as they come. But you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't insult us. He insulted me. 
Well, but I mean, he doesn't he doesn't come out and say that, you know, Amazon isn't going to deliver product to border, border security facilities. He doesn't come out and say, we're not going to deliver in the state of Georgia anymore because they signed this six-week, you know, abortion ban. He doesn't do that kind right. of stuff. Yes, he runs the Washington Post, and I'm sure he gives a lot of editorial direction there, but... Yeah. He just doesn't do the things that these other CEOs do, where they might as well just take out a revolver and shoot themselves in the foot with half the country. Exactly. As where as where Netflix is very blatant, they're like, okay, we're going to give out the Obama family their own channel. Bezos mm-hmm. is being a little bit sneakier about it, but, but right. for the record, uh, Amazon Amazon is one of the streaming services that uh, turned down a project that I was pitching, not because they didn't like it, not because they didn't think it would make money. They not were that, scared. They go, yeah, we can't, we can't afford to, we can't afford to look friendly to the right. Mm-hmm. So at least they were honest about it. So I appreciate the the honesty uh, from Amazon, and I should remember that the next time I think about clicking on them. Okay, uh, that was a little bit of a downer to end on, but you guys had there's so much good stuff on the horizon. I can't even begin. And hopefully, uh, this happens a lot on the show. But hopefully, next week, next week there'll be even more and more. Uh, wonderful updates and things that I can tell you about. I just can't do it yet. <clears throat> the clampdown is in full effect uh, in looking at uh, uh, the amount of clicks that we're getting and make sure you're... Subs- there's there's some shenanigans going on for sure over it at YouTube and at Google and at the uh, the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. But listen, uh, we're just going at this like as from from day one, happy warrior style. We're just gonna keep on keeping on and and weather the storm. So I appreciate you liking stuff. I appreciate you sharing stuff. And if you have a chance, go to that they set up these guys. Uh, the go to uh, trump twenty twenty pouches dot com. I want to make sure I give those guys a shout out. I I've been using the product. These things are amazing. And and Gimlet, you gotta get one. These, these it's they're insanely amazing. Uh, I actually I'll, have powder to keep dry, so yeah. Well, these things, it's uh, one of these little Trump twenty twenty pouches, mm-hmm. and make sure you use the code word MAGA. Will do sixty cubic feet uh, for so so your your gun safe. Boom eliminates uh, the humidity and it's not like uh, a system that you've got to put new pellets in you got to recharge it i was looking into this i, I really did wanted to do a lot more research before research before i fully endorsed before i went gung-ho on this thing mm-hmm. but the the lengths that people go to to keep their their gun safes dry and humidity free it's amazing they, they've got little like Space heaters they put in there. They got like heating coils and all these different gel packets and silica and blah 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 blah. This uh, this product from Trump2020pouches.com. It's uh it's proprietary. It's a mixture of like pulverized uh, corn cob, a special kind of clay, salt, and a little bit of soap, uh, just to give it like a fresh scent. These things are incredible. I'm getting more. I got them in my closet, the laundry room. It's they're fantastic. So make sure you go check them out. Use the code MAGA when you're checking out, and you will uh, you'll they'll throw in a, a free one for you. You buy a couple, you'll get one for free. So that's our little commercial at the end of the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. A big thanks to Sabo. Uh, stay safe, dude. Stay out of jail. I don't know if you know who's doing these works of art, but maybe turn them in. <laughs> no. <laughs> Say nothing. Do the Say Sergeant th- Schultz. 
I know nothing. I know All nothing. Right. <laughs> you guys have a great week. We'll see you next time.